We're going to be looking this morning at the fact that Jesus has said that you are salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It no longer is good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You ever wonder what salt does? I'm sure you know there's lots of things. You probably, I know you know a lot of things salt does. First of all, it preserves, it purifies, it creates thirst, it melts, and it heals. Have you ever thought about it? Those are all things that Jesus does for us, aren't they? First of all, salt preserves. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting life. Now, if that's not preservation, I don't know what is. It purifies. When Jesus hung on the cross and shed his precious blood, he did it to purify us, to cleanse us from all sin. And when we receive what he did on that cross for us, he washes our sins away and we are purified and made clean. It creates thirst. You know, when you look at the love of Jesus, you just can't help but wish that you could be like that. That's one of the things that touched me when I was looking at the Gospels and I saw that we're in, in this fallen world, in the world just like we live in today, in a, a place that was filled with sighing, dying, crying humanity, as Jesus walked among hurting, ill people, everywhere he went, he left things better than they were. And I remember thinking, man, if there really is a God like that, I want to serve him. And I would love to be like that instead of leaving bad behind me to leave good where I have been. And then salt melts. His love melts hard hearts, doesn't it? I remember, and this is where we become salt and light as well. I remember a, a church member in the first church I ever served, a little student appointment. It was out in the oil field. And one of my church members was a rough, scarred roughneck. He had uh, uh, been through an oil fire and his body was just covered with scars from the burns that he received in that fire. But he got right back in the oil field and just kept on going. And uh, he was tough, T-U-F-F, -F, tough. But then his little girl, who was grown, got saved and something dawned on her. And she called her daddy and she said, Daddy, when I die, I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I don't want to be there if you're not going to be there. And then she started crying and she cried and she cried and it was long distance and he was paying for the bill and she cried and she cried and her salty tears long distance melted a tough roughneck's heart to where he said, honey, I want to be there with you. And he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and his Savior. Salt heals. 
It heals our soul. You know, Jesus heals our souls. He heals relationships. He heals our illnesses. He heals in so many, many ways. And he tells us that we are salt, that we are supposed to be those that are in the world, preserving, purifying, uh, bringing a thirst, melting hearts, and bringing healing and wholeness to this sighing, dying, crying world. We're supposed to be making a difference. We're supposed to be, and Jesus has told us, we're supposed to be making the same sort of difference in this world that he makes because we are his. Remember what we've been talking about in the last few weeks? When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And I'm afraid that a lot of us are like uh, an eagle. I read about this morning that uh, his parents had uh, somehow died and he was left all alone. He'd fallen out of the tree. A naturalist found, no, I'm sorry, a farmer found him and took him and stuck him in his chicken coop. And this eagle grew up with the chickens. And uh, he just, uh, he could scratch and pick with the best of them. And he just thought he was a chicken. And then one day, an eagle soared overhead. And he thought, man, it would be wonderful to do that. And yet, he thought he was a chicken. And so he went back to scratching and pecking for grubs and stuff. He never realized who he was. And because he didn't know who he was, he didn't know what to do. Sad story. And yet I'm afraid that there are a lot of people that bear the name of Christ that are uh, in that boat. They don't know who they are. And so they're not doing the right thing. Uh, There was a man that was uh, uh, being tailgated by another guy that was very stressed out on a busy boulevard. And suddenly the light turned yellow just in front of him. So the guy in front stopped and uh And even though he could have beaten the light, he went ahead and he stopped. Well, this just infuriated the guy that was behind him. And so he honked his horn. He screamed in frustration. He was pounding on the the, uh, dashboard and the steering wheel. Now, the windows were up, but you could understand the words that he was mouthing. And uh, he just uh, was in mid-rent when he heard a tap on his window. And he looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. And the officer ordered him to get out of the car and to put his hands up. And uh, he took him to the police station where he was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell. And after a couple of hours... A policeman approached his cell and opened the door. He was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with his personal effects. And he said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn and flipping the guy off in front of you and cussing a blue streak at him. And then I noticed the what would Jesus do bumper sticker and the choose life license plate holder. 
and the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker and the chrome plated fish emblem on the trunk. And so naturally I assumed you'd stolen the car. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a story, but you know what? People do that sort of thing that bear the name of Christ. I remember Dr. Charles Allen, uh, my pastor talking about back, back then in the seventies, uh, the honk, if you love Jesus stickers were big and he pulled up behind somebody at a red light and they had a honk, if you love Jesus sticker. And so he honked his horn and he got the same sort of treatment that this guy did in reverse, you know? And, uh, the thing is, he was just shocked. I mean, cause he was just doing what the bumper sticker said. And so here's somebody that you forgot they had that bumper sticker on the back of their car. Well, oh, uh, another situation where uh, uh, more recently uh, there was a pastor that uh, heard this story from him in his church. Well, anyway, I'll just tell you, he was driving along and he came up and he misjudged distance as he pulled into a, a lane and he uh, caused another guy behind him to have to swerve. And so he gave, I didn't know this was the universal symbol, but he just looked at the guy and just kind of put his head down like that. And that's the symbol of, of uh, uh, sorry, my fault. And the guy gave him the Hawaiian peace sign and yelled all sorts of things at him and then pulled on away from him. And then this pastor noticed that he had his church's bumper sticker on his car. This was one of his church members that had done this. And so he said, well, I'm going to get you, Mr. Church guy. And so at the next stoplight, he pulled up beside him. He rolled down his window. And uh, just like we started doing here, he looked right in the guy, looked at the guy right in the eye. And he said, God is good. And the guy next to him said, all the time. (laughs) And then the pastor said, all the time, God is good. (laughs) Well, he got Mr. Church guy. Can you imagine treating your pastor like that? Well, he forgot who he was, didn't he? He didn't know who he was, and so he didn't act the way he was supposed to act. But that's what a lot of us do. In fact, Brennan Manning, fascinating man, he died about three years ago. He says something that is so, so true. And it's why these words of Jesus are so important for us to really hear today. These are his words. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And that is so true. Acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And the question this morning is, are you doing it? 
Are you doing it? Because you see, you should be making a difference. Salt makes a difference. Light makes a difference in the darkness, doesn't it? Light makes a difference. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Uh, Paul, you'll see in your, in your handout there, in Acts 16, 26 through uh, 31, you see that uh, Paul and Silas, what we don't see is what happened before. Before they wound up in prison, they had been beaten with a cat of nine tails. And those shred your skin when they hit you. And then they were stuck in prison because they were proclaiming Jesus as Lord. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now then, you see, they now Paul and Silas, they didn't have a little evangelism meeting and say, hey, there are other prisoners in here. What do you think we ought to do to win them to Christ? They didn't do that. They were just naturally being salt and light in a dark place. Just naturally, they were worshiping God in the midst of their pain and in the midst of their prison cell. They were worshiping God with hymns and they were praying and other people were listening. There was somebody else listening too. And that was the Philippian jailer. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now then, if you were not salt and light, if you were not the Lord's and you saw one of your persecutors, the one that was keeping you in prison, getting ready to kill himself, and you're standing back there in the darkness watching, what would you do? I'm afraid that a lot of people would have just stayed there in the dark and watched and let it happen. One more Roman out of the way, and now I can get out of this place. But instead, Paul was salt and light. And so instead of just standing there in the darkness, watching this jailer get ready to kill himself, instead of allowing him to do that, he said, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Now that goes against the very grain of self-preservation, doesn't it? That goes against the very grain of what a worldly person would do. And yet for Paul, it was the most natural thing in the world to do because he knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, he knew what? What to do, right? He knew what to do. And that was to save this man's life, to love his enemy, to do good to those who were persecuting him. And so that's exactly what he did at this moment. Instead of saying, let's just see how long it takes him to die. He kept him from dying. 
Don't harm yourself. We're all here. Those are words of salt and light. How about you? Whenever you're in the world, are you salt and light? When it comes to revenge, do you take it or do you leave it to the Lord? When it come, when you face death, do you do it with peace? When you are uh, uh, in storms, do you go through them unscathed in faith, knowing you're going to come out okay on the other side? You know, uh, this past week, I uh, well, hold, hold on. when a lie would be to your benefit, do you tell it? Or do you stick to the truth? This past week, we've had some things going on at our house. And I had to call in a contractor. And the contractor was trying to uh, help me get more money out of the insurance company by falsifying some things and things like that. In his worldly way, he was trying to be kind and do me a favor. But I had to make it clear that all I wanted to do was do what was right and what was truth, what was the truth. Later on, when we finally negotiated a, uh, uh, the right thing that we were going to do, uh, I said, and we were agreeing on what, the, what price I was going to pay. I said, now, don't we need to do a contract on this? He said, a contract? You're the most honest person I've ever met in my life. I don't think we need to worry about a piece of paper. <laughs> the thing is, that spoke to that man. And whenever we are salt and we are light, we make a difference. You see, your salt and light living makes a difference. We are told to let our light shine. It's not ginned up. Not, okay, I'm, what am I going to do good today? You know, it's easy to plan good works and go out and do them. But when you let your light shine, it's whenever life is confronting you and all you can do is react. Are your reactions godly or are your reactions worldly? That's where you show whose you are. Not in your actions, but in your reactions. Anybody can plan their actions. And a lot of people plan lots of good stuff and then live like the devil when they're not doing their good stuff. So uh, here we are. We're called to let our light shine. And yet so many people don't. And yet when we do, we make a difference. I remember Mike Warnke uh, wound up with a couple of guys in uh, as, as roommates whenever he was in boot camp and they were Christian and he was anything but he was as far from it as he could be and he did everything to put these people off to perturb them to hurt them and they just kept on loving him no matter how much he hurt them they just he just kept they kept doing good things for him and loving him until finally they melted his heart and he knelt in a closet, a mop closet in Navy boot camp and said, God, make me like them. He didn't really know what he was saying in his own way. He was saying, come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior, because that's the only way 
that he could be like them. But the thing is, they let their light shine and they made a difference. And whenever you are know who you are and you let your light shine, you will make a difference in this world. Your salt and light living changes lives. Look what happened to the jailer. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and listen what he says. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hey guys, I've seen something in you that I don't have. I want it. I want it bad. What must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Their salt and living, salt and light living changed a life. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. This man that they could have just let die is now their brother in the Lord who is caring for them. Then immediately and him and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. A lot of people really think that this was the beginning of the strong church at Philippi. This was these were the first converts in Philippi, this jailer and his family. Our lives have a ripple effect. Their salt, Silas and Paula's salt and light living affected a jailer. That affected his household. That affected everybody that his household came in contact with. And that ripple effect that comes out of all of our lives went forth and a church came forth in Philippi. How about you? Are you letting your light shine? You know who you are and you know whose you are. There are a couple of three reasons why you might not be letting your light shine. You might be doing like Jesus told us not to do and hiding it under a bushel. It could be you're just trying to be a closet Christian. You're trying to be a private Christian and you're not letting your light shine. And he's calling on you today to get that bushel basket off your light and let it shine. You know who you are. And you know what to do. Others of you, Satan is uh, just uh, blowing it out. You have been so trained by the world and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and even people that you love have taught you this is how you handle things. And you just never really thought about doing things any differently. It kind of reminds me of the woman that uh, uh, she was all, every time she fixed a ham, She'd cut the end of it off before she put it in the pot and her, uh, uh, or in the pan, let's say. Anyway, her, uh, 
her husband said, why do you always cut that off? She said, well, that's the way my mama did it. And that's, I know it's supposed to be done that way. So that's the way I do it. So finally, one day she was at her mom's house and she, no, she wasn't. Yeah, she was at her mom's house and she uh, cut the end of the ham off while she was helping her mom fix uh, a dinner. And her mom said, why'd you cut the end of the ham off? So, well, mom, this is the way you always did it. Said, yeah, whenever you're growing up, that's because we couldn't afford a bigger pan. I've got a bigger one now. We don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Some of you, you're just going out of things that you have been taught and what you have seen, and you've never thought about who you are. And just like that eagle picking around and scratching around like a chicken, you haven't become the person that God created you to be, even though he has already set you free to be that person. And so as we go forth this day, I just want to remind you of who you are. Jesus says you are salt and you are light. Our challenge is to let our light shine. There was a, uh, a group, well, it was a company of soldiers that came upon a cathedral during World War II in Europe, company of soldiers, and they were cleaning up, picking up around this cathedral that we're going to be using as a barracks. And they came across a demolished statue. As they began to put it back together, they saw it was a beautiful statue of Jesus. And so got it all put back together and there it stood, but no one could find the hands or the feet. When they woke up the next morning after they got this done, somebody had hung a sign there on that statue. And the sign said, I have no hands but your hands. I have no feet but your feet. Today the Lord calls you to be his hands and his feet from this point on. Let's pray. Oh Lord, forgive us, we pray, when we have known who we are but haven't done what we know we should be doing. Lord, we are to be salt and light in this world. And so many times we have instead just hidden in the darkness. Help us, Lord, not to shun the darkness, not to get away from the darkness, but instead to let our light shine in the darkness so that your light will come upon those that need it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.